Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. Uh, today is October 18th. Somehow October 18th does not feel like October 18th. It's going to be Halloween in a week and a half. And we're not going to Halloween parties. Uh, at least you shouldn't be, as far as I'm aware still. Um, so I'm not joined by my co-host, as usual. I am joined instead today by, first and most importantly, Pacers super fan. But secondly, she does some really cool comedy stuff. Obviously, stand-up comedian has done some great stuff on Comedy Central. Megan Gailey. Megan, how are you doing? And, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy. I I hope your co-host did not boycott. No, he did not boycott. Here, he was very on board. <laughs> no, awesome. He's well, also my editor. So like technically, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's an Hello. awesome dynamic. Hello, sad you're not here, but I'm so happy to talk Pacers <laughs> anytime. I don't get that opportunity, so I have to grab it when it happens. Yeah, most definitely. Well, um, I'm I'm excited. We'll get into it. I I mean, I think first of all, I, I would ask you, what was your experience with the bubble? How did you feel about the bubble? I know I really enjoyed the bubble machine, and anyone who has not Thank watched you. it, definitely go watch the bubble machine. Megan was doing some great stuff on her YouTube channel with it. Um. What did you think of of how everything kind of unfolded a little bit? I loved it. I have absolutely like the only complaint I have is that I wish it was still happening. Oh, I agree. Like 100%. almost every story that came out of it was like heartwarming or, you know, the Lou Williams of it all. Even that was so fun. Like there <laughs> was, was comedy wings. And, was there, and then yeah, and then there were children. I loved all the kids there and like people reuniting and even like the Michelob Ultra commercials. Like I just fully bought in with the bubble. I said in therapy last week, I was like, I like got choked up. I was like, NBA bubble has meant so much <laughs> to me because it really started to be such a positive and new, fun, cool thing. Like we are going to run out of shows. And so we had this awesome, positive thing to be watching. And the basketball was so good. I just really loved it so much. I loved yeah. it. And yeah, I live in LA. And so I am a Pacers fan. But then the Lakers winning, really, I can see how much it means to the city. And so that's been like a really, really beautiful thing to to watch and sort of feel a part of. Yeah, definitely. It's been cool because uh, I'm definitely not a Lakers fan. I'm not really like a fan mm -hmm. anymore. I just try and observe the league. But like, okay. uh, so seeing like some of my friends and how they reacted to it was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's it's weird too, because like like you're saying, like um every day that I'm watching all the games, I'm like totally forgetting about why the games are going on in Orlando in a bubble. Yeah. And now that the bubble's over, you're like, oh wow, all this stuff is happening. And like obviously you're aware of it uh while the bubble's going on too, but not having that is it's different. And it's cool seeing everybody get to go home. And uh, yeah. I think we forget like how long they were there. Like it was like three the months sacrifice. for some of the guys. Like, I mean, mass four months and to be in a hotel room like i travel a lot before this i've been in hotel rooms for like four days and you start to go crazy oh, yeah. after a, a week for sure and they really made such a gigantic 
sacrifice. And it feels like for our benefit, because we got to watch it and, and be entertained by it. And so I'm so grateful to all of them. Like they're really, it's hard to find like a villain of the bubble for me. Yeah, no, I'd agree. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum, especially in terms of talking about villains. We'll get into that in a second, but yeah. Um, it also, one thing I forgot to bring up, uh, supposed to be my lead in, damn it. Um, so you broke your toe. Um, I have yeah, a very relatable breaking my toe story. I okay. want to know how you broke your toe, your toe. And then I'll, I'll tell my, my really embarrassing breaking my toe moment. Well, this is my first broken bone. So it's oh, no. kind of exciting for me. I'm not going on wood. Um, but I just a classic, like I caught it on the corner of a table and oh, my foot no. went one way and my toe went the other Oh, way. wow. That's awful. Um, no, it's not good. Um, but it's taped right now and it's, and I've been able to walk now. Okay. All right. We're, we're making progress. I had, uh, <laughs> so my dog, um, we got a rescue dog when I was in, in high school and he was awesome, but he got into everything. So we would put up, my mom put up these like styrofoam boards that should not deter anything he was like an 85 pound dog, but for whatever reason, he was afraid of styrofoam. So he wouldn't mm -hmm. go into rooms or anything. I, I just came home really mad that it was in my doorway one day because my mom didn't close my my bedroom door and just put a styrofoam board in it. So me being 16 years old, I kicked it and yeah. I broke my big toe just like that. I kicked it. It just dented the boat, the board. It didn't even go anywhere. And I just broke my toe. So that um, was styrofoam. Yeah, on styrofoam. So that's wow. my, that's I didn't my know styrofoam story. could be that thick. Now, are you are you from from Indy? Yeah. So that's a great question. I'm, uh, I'm from Cleveland actually, but I You're grew up Cleveland. like, yeah. So I grew up just outside Cleveland. I love I didn't, Cleveland. I, I do too. It gets a terrible rap, but I think oh, it's, and it's wonderful. City. Anyone who does stand up actually like gets to go there. And I, I like love doing comedy there. I have lots of exes from there. I've <laughs> a lot. I've dated a lot of men from Cleveland. It's like a, a vibe that I really connect with. I love Cleveland. Good yeah, no, food. it's a great city. The food is great. Christmas oh my ale. God. Have you ever been to the West Side Market? I've been. So okay. I puked at the West Side Market. I've, <laughs> I have great. been to Cleveland. I have. I've stayed at that, um, like the arcade. I've yeah. stayed there like 10 times. Like I used to go there all the time. But then why aren't you a Cavs fan? Okay. So, yeah, that's a great question. So I, uh, I didn't get into basketball um, until the Paul George era started up. So in like 2011, 2012 is when I started watching. And you just hoops. fell in love. And yeah. And I mean, well, it was, it was that or watch Kyrie Irving, Dion waiters and, and Tristan Thompson go like 23 and 60. So, or 23 and 59 would be 82 games, but yeah. I, so, you know what? Some of those people have ring. All of those people have rings now. Well, not Tristan. Yeah. But Dion no, no, and Tristan has a ring. Uh, I guess Dion got oh, yeah, one. He does have, they play, all have rings. Yeah. They have all have rings. Good for them. Okay. So then you, and then, you went to Ohio State. I can see the Ohio State Cup. I actually did not go to Ohio State. Okay. I uh, classic, so I go to classic. the University of Toledo right now. I'm still in school. Okay. Um, but I went to Michigan Toledo? State. Yeah, I'm in Toledo. Oh my god, this is blowing my mind. I know. And you just, just love the Pacers. So I do. Much. I did. I, I, I mean, I do. I did. But yeah. So I, I just totally awesome. fell in love with the team, and of course. I screwed myself out of being part of like, you know, watching a championship team run. Like it was cool watching the Cavs. I was like, what if it was the Pacers? Like imagine if it was the Pacers. So we're hoping to get there soon, but I'm sure you're hoping the same thing as well. But I'm very, I'm hoping I, I do tend to see kind of the move away from the small market team beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, 
it's interesting to look at, you know, like I, I, I think part of the reason I like the Pacers so much is that, um, I mean, obviously they are a small market. I mean, Cleveland was too, but it helps when the best player in the world was born 15 minutes away from, from your organization. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just cool. Like going back and watching historical games, like watching Reggie play and going back and watching the old JO days and like all that. And yeah, it's just fun. I like it. So it's, it's like, I don't want to say it's harder to win, but I mean, to an extent, like it's oh, not. I LA. think it is. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I think it, because you have to appeal to them in, and, and I think Indiana's selling point, and I don't know if this matters to people anymore. It's like, this is basketball country. Like they love basketball here. And that's true, but also people love IU. I went to Purdue. People love Purdue. People love Butler. And so college basketball is so big there and it is a competition. Um, a, I think you can like both of them, but mm -hmm. I do think there's the market is sort of saturated with basketball and that makes it harder too. In yeah, addition definitely. to being small. I think that's a really great point. Like you bring up, um, I mean, obviously in high school basketball too. I mean, it's like, big, yeah, yeah I exactly. Central, those games yeah. get, you know, it's packed. crazy. They get like, packed. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of wild to look back on how everything changed with the mouse at the palace and like, you know, mm -hmm. that totally tanked where the Pacers were at. Um, obviously that was like just about their best era of basketball. And then mm -hmm. that happens. And like, I think it was like just within like pretty much once the, the PG era hit its peak is when, you know, Pacers fans were really back. Um, but it's it kind of in terms of looking, I mean, you can look at Paul George and, and his exit. Um, we have everything going on with Victor now. Um, mm -hmm. And so the most 2020 thing ever happened two weeks ago. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Victor did an interview with Fat Joe on Instagram Live. That that If that's not the most 2020 thing, I they don't know what like, else is. They seem like two people that would really connect. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. like, I hear that and I'm like, yes, musicians, creators, and they love Miami. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, see, <laughs> I see Fat Joe and Vic having like a genuine connection. Oh man, that's cold. Uh, it's I funny hope Vic too. stays. I hope Vic stays. I do too. I do too. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Um, but like, what have your thoughts been on him just in general and everything that's gone on? I love Vic. I'm a huge like Vic fan. I have the ability as a Purdue grad to still enjoy people that went to IU and like IU. I don't like. I think it's a really fun, awesome school. And I think Indiana's lucky to have multiple schools that are good educationally and like party and fun. So I can't, I don't have it in me. There'd be pretty people that are like, I can't like Vic because he went to IU. Yeah. I don't feel that way at all. Um, yeah, Vic he's actually, no Matt Hummel, but you know, he gets it done. I think you mean Robbie. Hummel. Oh my God. I, <laughs> no, I know. See, I didn't grow up a Purdue fan. I, but I think what you're saying is we are forgettable. And I, <laughs> I, I have to take that on. You know, we have each one. I'm very proud of him. But um, my parents actually live across the street from Vic. And oh, okay. so, you know, I get to like, I don't ever see him. I don't live there. But sometimes my parents see him. And they really love him. They only have amazingly kind things to say. I think Vic is really spot on on everything he does. I think his activism is amazing. I know that he caught some backlash because he endorsed a candidate during like the midterms. And I do think that Vic has been treated not great by some of the media oh, yeah. and some of the fans. And I think we shouldn't, do that to him you know like he is from it he played at iu like we should be sort of 
coddling those relationships and, and supporting those relationships and not saying like, oh, if you don't want to be here, leave. It's like, well, that's not going to want someone to stay. Like yeah. you do have to, he's a star player. And, and, and I think we need to be kinder to him. Is that crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. So it's funny. Cause I, uh, I mean, I have media availability whenever my editor can't go on. So I was on for a couple of calls with Vic um, during, you know, all, all the crazy media shit storm that was going on um, mm-hmm. after he announced that he wasn't going to play. And Mm -hmm. I remember just being a part of it. And it was like, I think I was like the 11th person to ask a question. Like the first 10 people had all asked him like the same question. Like, are you going to play? Yeah. Are you going to play? Are you going to play? And then like, so it's just like that kind of crazy thing. I'm like, it just felt like very much like he's, I don't want to say aggravated with the media, but kind of like, I mean, I think if you got asked that kind of not, I don't mean to paint all media because I mean, I'm part of it. And and I don't even think it's necessarily just the media. I think the fans play a part too, because I'm very like comment based, you know, like I'm reading the comments that are on the post and I'm like, y'all, these are so mean. And this is supposedly the team you like. I can't believe, like, I'm just very anti-hating on your team. I agree. Like, be supportive, be like loving. I don't, th- I was not happy that they fired Nate McMillan. And so I said that, but I wasn't saying it in a way of like, I hate the Pacers. I can't believe they would do this. I'm not going to be a fan. It's just like, I really liked him. I wish you hadn't fired him. And I hope you find someone as good, if not better. Yeah, instead exactly. of just the 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 vitriol is like a little the vitriol. Well, and then when you see that they want to leave, it's like you can't really blame them. They're they've yeah. they've been kind of dragged a little bit. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Because I mean, I think he hasn't handled things the best. I guess I mean, I think that's fair to say. But at the same time, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, uh, people always bring up, well, you know, they're they're NBA players. They shouldn't be feeding into what people say on social media. And at the same time, I'm like, well, they're human. So that's an important yeah. aspect to remember. Like, also, I know if like, I have why would you want to be people, mean to somebody? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm like, if I have a thousand people blowing up my social media about not wanting to play because I'm injured, like that's mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to take that, you know? Um, because I remember I asked him about that. I was like, Well, how do you how are you handling kind of the the discourse around your decision not to play? And I think he got a little bit upset with it, which is fair. I mean, mm-hmm. like I would, yeah. I would be too, but it's, it's a tough situation. And um, I definitely just hope things work out and uh, yeah, I'm happy either way. And things are cool with him and the franchise, but we will see with that. Um, so, Can I say one thing? About oh yeah, this, for this, sure. Okay. I do think that going into the bubble, there were a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. and I kind of have to understand his long-term vision for his career to go, Hey, I'm going to just take a step back from this total unknown entity that we have no idea what the factors are going to be like. And then he got down there and he said, Oh, okay. I feel like I can still play good basketball and be healthy and be rehabbing. And so I'll do it. And so his hesitation was very understandable to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I 100% agree. It's like, I mean, Especially, it's easy to say uh, that he was just doing it for the money. I know a lot of people hold that in their mind. I, I personally disagree. I mean, I think Vic loves playing basketball. Um, and I mean, if, if I went down there, I mean, he was hurt before already coming down. Um, and having that entire crazy, crazy pandemic going on during the hiatus, throws off your training and everything you can do in yeah. terms of rehabbing your body. So like, I mean, it put him back. And I think he still struggled in the bubble, but I, it I don't know. I I don't really think it's 
what it's his decision. So I, I can't fault. None of us were down there. We have no, like we were, we were watching from afar, Exactly. but I think there's a lot of environmental stuff that, that we're just not even able to weigh in on. And, and also like, it's his job. So like for him to do it for the money, that makes sense. I do a lot of things for, for yeah. money that I wouldn't have done when, when comedy was just something that was like, Oh, this is a joy and a, and a hobby. When it becomes your job, you do have to make decisions based on what's best for you and your career and your brand. And so I just, I think if we were to be more understanding of that across every sport, Mm-hmm. Even with Andrew Luck, that it's a perfect example. It's like that's a decision that someone is making that's best for their life. We don't know all the factors, so let's just leave it up to them to make their decision. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree on that. I hated everything that happened surrounding the Andrew Luck thing. Like the 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 whiplash on that was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, mind blowingly right. awful. And people but, were hurt, you know, and so they were yeah. reacting from, a, and so you, but it's also like, okay, let's just take a step back and know that this is a person making a decision for them that doesn't come from like a malicious place. Just, we don't, we don't know everything. It's like, dude wants to walk when he's 41. Like I like, I would yeah, like to walk when I'm 41 too. Man. Have, yeah, exactly. Has, football is an incredible skill he has, but he has some other skills and, and he wants to explore those. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really great point. Um, so kind of in transitioning a little bit, obviously you grew up in Indiana. If I remember correctly, your parents came from New York to Indiana. So, yeah, wow, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I, I do research. Um, so you got kind of like that Midwest upbringing with, uh, with a little bit of uh, some, some different Northerner stuff mm-hmm. as well. Um, how did you kind of get into NBA fandom in terms of becoming a Pacers fan? Um, obviously I know like you're a huge Pacers fan, like you've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. in case people don't know this, you CJ Toldano, who is your husband now proposed mm-hmm. to you in front of the one and only Reggie Mil- Miller mural. So, <laughs> yes. uh, definitely a true Pacers fan. So like how, yeah. how did that kind of factor into your life growing up and, uh, how does it kind of factor in now? We, I just, my whole life, I remember being a fan. Like it was, we went to games a lot as some of my earliest, memories are of going to Pacers fans or Pacers games. And I don't really even, my, my, my parents became Colts fans, but they were Bills fans because they grew up kind of near Buffalo, mm-hmm. but they didn't oh, necessarily have, oh, I know. And then they were like, we can't do this anymore. My dad, after the fourth Super Bowl loss, he yeah. was like, let's just, we'll just be Colts fans. We'll <laughs> let's do this instead. But the Pacers, they just, I think were a really, like fun and exciting team. And so we, my, you know, my dad played basketball in high school, but that's really the only, and we lived in Indianapolis and I think whatever his job was, we got to go to games. Um, like the, the company had tickets. And so I started going to Pacers games. Yeah. Probably when I was like five or six and was obsessed with that nineties team, really Reggie was meant so much Jalen the Davises like that team really is like at like the core of what then launched me into being a fan forever so yeah I hated Jordan until the last dance (laughs) I carried a lot of I think I I disliked Michael Jordan even more for the last dance actually okay there were there it was I would okay I don't dislike Michael Jordan but I felt like Uh it was very propaganda like it was very much so like yeah 
that's, it, that's what happens when you recognize... let somebody write and, and star in their own right. documentary. So that is you. You have actually more self awareness than I did about the documentary because <laughs> I was like, "Wow, he's great," and then I was like, "Oh, it was." created and executive produced by him. Um, but yeah, that's how much I loved that Pacers team was that I was just like, I hate him. And then all the iterations, I fully remember exactly where I was the night of the mouse of the palace that Paul George, the era that like brought you in. And then this era, I love this team so much. And I really loved Nate McMillan a lot. Mm. And so I'll always be a Pacers fan, but it does kind of go a little bit in like, there are teams that I really feel bonded yeah. with. And, and I think the one that was down in Orlando, I really loved a lot. Yeah. Wait, so you mean you didn't enjoy, enjoy the Troy Murphy, Mike Dunleavy years as much you as know, this past iteration? I did not actually. (laughs) I don't fault you for that. Those are definitely years that I took a step back from. 100% the dark ages. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard not to be. So on a scale of one to the lady screaming in Conseco during Mm -hmm. the last dance, Mm -hmm. how would you rate yourself as a Pacer fan? I'm probably, if I were in person, I'm probably that lady. Oh, no. Um, and there used to be a man, too. He would have flamingos and the flip <laughs> signs, and I loved him so much. So I I think I'm, like, one notch below those people, and I just don't – I haven't found the camera yet Yeah. at Banker's Life. You know, I'm just waiting for my moment on the on the big – on the big screen. Yeah, your one shiny moment. It'll happen. I, I'm sure I there, there will be. Whenever we get back into an arena, I think it's going to be. I know. A, my dream is yeah. to sit is to sit courtside and then like put me up and I'll be like, hello, you know, wave to everybody. <laughs> That's my, yeah. or my family get to sing the national anthem. I oh, that would that. be sick. <laughs> oh, I would, that would, I, I see, I don't know if I could do the national anthem in front of people. No, I'm not um, a good singer. I don't I know why this a is a dream of mine. <laughs> I could be in front of the people. But the singing part would be, oh, my God, no way. Yeah. yeah. I love when it's the children's choir that does it. Like, the whenever they sing, or there's the guy who is, I think, blind, who's, like, an I amazing so. singer. I, I, I miss halftime shows. Like, I love all of that. Not shows. I miss being there, for sure. Yeah, I do. Miss, I have... I had tortilla chips earlier, but no queso. So, it's... Uh, that's how my day's going. You know, single tier. Um, so... It, it, okay, so looking at it, just a couple quick hitters on on your your Pacers fandom. So, what was your first big Pacers memory that kind of sticks out for you? Definitely Knicks Pacers playoff series, okay. like those. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember the what was it? 13 points in eight seconds. What's it end up being? I, re- eight I points remember nine seconds. Eight. I'm like, what? I always, it's always gets bigger in my no, head. It's, it's like, a, I, um, yeah. eight points in nine seconds. I remember mm-hmm. that game. And so him, yeah. Reggie and Spike Lee and the Starks of it all. Like I, I fully remember those years and those were formative for me. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, so then off that, what's your best Pacers memory just in your entire lifetime? I went to the opening game of Conseco and they had like the 50 best Indiana basketball, whatever of all time. And, and it was just my mom and me for some reason. And it was an amazing game. It was really, really awesome. Um, So yeah, that's probably my, 
favorite. I love that stadium. Yeah, it, it was it's definitely a cool one. I one thing I've always wanted, I've wanted them to play like a, a neutral game or like I guess we could count as a home game. Mm-hmm. But if they played mm-hmm. at Hinkle for a game, that would be it sick. Would be, yeah. I mean Hinkle is like I think that's probably my favorite arena out of any basketball place in the country. It's just so cool. Yeah. The acoustics are freaking awful, which just amplifies it and makes it even better. Um so then last quick hitter. Other than the malice at the palace, because that's everyone's worst memory, what is your worst Pacers memory? Um, I think the Tayshawn Prince block oh, on yes. Reggie. I like hate that. That image is like tough for me. Yeah. Well, the GQ image is probably my worst image in my lifetime when the GQ photo shoot came out. That and George Hill's blonde hair. I think those are my two worst moments. Zero no, wow. Yeah. It's gotta be it's gotta be just just about those two. But love George Hill. The blonde hair was. I love was George Hill. He's a, he's an indie native too. Oh, he's IPUI's awesome. UI's yeah. finest. Love him. He's on, he's been on so many teams, and I still. I he's like one of the few Pacers that is, has been gone for so long that I like mm-hmm. still follow and enjoy everything they do. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy too. He's someone I. Have, yeah. I he's definitely on my interview list because I've interviewed David West off that team. I don't think Roy. <gasps> he's my. He's like my David is awesome. David was awesome. I've his intensity. Oh, I know. I remember I was so scared to interview him. I was like, this guy is like gonna be like not that I thought he was gonna be scary, but I'm just like, dude, how do I talk to David West? But no, he was like super cool, warmed up, was awesome. Uh, I know Roy does not take any interviews right now, still. At least not about his pacers time. Because I know uh, I think Roy is doing well though. Yeah, yeah, I know he's coaching now. From all things I hear, um, Roy is good. Jonathan Bender is good. <laughs> um, there, you know, there's people that I definitely, we all invested lots of love and energy into, and then they're, they're gone out of your lives. And so you're happy when they're doing well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so kind of in, in, in transitioning out of basketball a little bit. Um, so I want to ask you, what's it, how did you get started up in stand up, and like, what, what really got you into doing comedy? Cause I think, just in my opinion, I mean, I was really heavily involved in athletics growing up and wanted to, mm-hmm. to get into pro sports and injuries kind of derailed that. But like, I mean, just like sports, like, I mean, I was in boxing and obviously basketball, like we're talking about, oh. um, you have to find your style and personality and, and, and let that kind of echo through everything you do. Like, so I imagine it's the same thing or very similar with, with, with finding yourself and, and how you want to, you know, make, uh, do your sets or do, do do certain mm-hmm. skits or anything. So how, how did you kind of get up in that and, 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 and find your way through that? Um, I know that's a loaded question. But. No, it's not. It, it's a, it's something we, I get asked a lot. So, you know, I've got, I've got my, um, I've got my scripts down. Mm-hmm. I, um, I graduated from Purdue at the peak of the 08 recession. And so there were not really jobs and I didn't really want to get a job anyways. And so I moved home. My grandmother was living with my family at the time. So I sort of helped take care of her, was living in my parents' basement. And then just kind of, I had been sort of tiptoeing around doing stand-up like stuff. I, I, I was like a theater major and, you know, I would do things kind of similar to it. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. And then I really fell in love with it and, and, kind of got sucked in, which happens and ended up moving to Chicago and have now since lived in New York and now have been in LA for 40 plus years. So 
yeah, it just, I wanted to try it and then I loved it. And it's, it's turned out to be like a really fun journey for me, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So what was like kind of your, if you could pinpoint it, what was like your breakthrough moment where you were like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of good at this and I really like it and I'm going to do it. Um, it, for me, it came kind of late. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had been doing it for like seven years and then I got asked to do this festival called just for laughs. That's like a really it's the world's biggest comedy festival. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go and perform as a part of this thing called new faces. That was like a showcase of young talent. Yeah. And that was really like a breakthrough. Is that me. the one where you did the stand up about, uh, about being in a sorority? No, because I watched no, that one. That's just, those are just this. different. That was, yeah, that those was are just fun. like sets that are filmed. Okay. Um, like that one's from the Laugh Factory here in Hollywood. They okay. like film sets and then we'll sometimes like put them on their YouTube. But yeah, this was actually in Montreal. So it was like up in Canada. I don't necessarily think it's even filmed, but you do stand up for like a theater of people that are audience members, but then also agents and managers and network executives and all these kind of important people from LA and New York and in, in the industry. And so that really like helped me get representation and sort of that I got Conan from that. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was kind of like a break for me big time. Yeah. Almost oh, definitely being on Conan. Of course, that's a, that's a huge break. Yeah. Um, that was, a, yeah. and that all came from this like set in Montreal. So yeah. it was really like important for me. Okay. And then, yeah. so kind of lastly, um, what is, you know, just from performing or just comedy in general, what's been, I guess two things, what's been your worst experience through it? Uh, which mm -hmm. you don't have to answer that one if you don't want to. No, um, and also, um, what's just something that, that maybe people wouldn't, wouldn't think about or, or realize that's, um, that's kind of difficult about doing it. It's, those are probably the same, um, answer for me. It's a very, it's a hard career. It's something that people always sort of like, will say, Oh my God, this is the hardest thing. It's not the hardest thing, but it's, it's a difficult path. It is very unsafe to do it as a woman. Mm -hmm. I travel all over the country. I'm out late at night. I used to have to stay in condos that multiple people would have access to. You're really putting yourself into harm's way by even wanting to do it. I had wow. people tell my parents, do not let your daughter do this. Like it's a really tough, frightening path. Mm -hmm. And so to just kind of stop fucking being so mean to us. You know, like yeah. my, my comments are rough online. And I think that's why I empathize with the Pacers. Mine is on such a small, small scale, but when someone comes for you, you're like, you don't know what I'm going through. Like I take my life into my own hands. When I fly to a different place, talk shit on stage, go stay at a hotel, like there's a, someone is driving. There's a lot of different factors. And, and I've had people, do really frightening, terrible things. And, and you do it because you love doing stand up. So for someone to like shit on you doing stand up, it, it hurts. It hurts like yeah. worse, I think. Um, and so that's, I love being able to be a woman who before this travels and gets to talk and like do whatever the fuck I want, but it also can be frightening at times. 
Yeah, no, I would bet. I uh, and I, I kind, I kind of relate to and that. Maybe like, that's too dark of an answer. No, that's not. But that's, hey, uh, I think we have to realize there are dark things in the world, right? And I think sometimes yeah. the dark things are what make you want to do things. You know, like I really want Absolutely. to do sports writing and and talk mm-hmm. about sports and find new ways to talk about things because I think, I mean, it's again, it's not everyone, but I mean, some of the ways that we talk about athletes and just people in general who are oh you know, it's have, racist have kind it's of the homophobic it's ridiculous it, yeah. like yeah um like like These you mentioned people. about like hateful comments like um mm-hmm. so when i was boxing still i was in a fraternity which that was regrettable i would never do it again i did not like being a fraternity um and i, I didn't realize until after leaving it but um i had one of my brothers bet against me in a fight and like put money down saying that i was going to lose and i found that after and i'll just never forget like I was like, dude, you're supposed to like leaving me. Like, this is supposed to be like, you're supposed to be here in my corner and like dealing with like hateful comments and stuff like that is I, I like, I only experienced it on such a small level and that, I mean, it damaged me. It was really tough to get over and to deal with that. So I can't even like, I see the stuff that like miles has to deal with. Like miles is always the guy who gets it on the Pacers right now. Um, so I talks crazy. You are like, because my thing is, I'm like, you can talk crazy, but if if you show up someplace that I am, that's going to be a major issue. Oh, yeah. And so you're just like, this person is talking so crazy that you do kind of go, now I am afraid that you mean this. Like, it, it just... Just if someone's like, you suck, you're not funny. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like literally, I think that in my brain all the time. It's fine. But if someone's like, I want you to die, I'm going to kill you. You're like, okay, well, now we're really going next level shit. You can't say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, people are people are wild. And I think social media can be great, but that's where it's kind of bad sometimes. But uh, it's made me a way more empathetic fan for sure. Yeah. Oh yes. 100%. And so that's, and that, and that's like good, you know, I'm like, Oh God, I had to like have it. I had to have the wrath turned on me, but I am happy that I've become like, I used to really, there'd be players I like hated and it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't hate anybody. Like we interviewed my husband and I interviewed Derek Fisher last week and I'm like, Oh my God, I never liked Derek Fisher. (laughs) And now talking to him, I'm like, why didn't I like him? He was like a great player. He's like kind, he's a WNBA coach. He's like an awesome person and it's better to like I like, I'm, I'm open to liking more players now. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I, I agree. Like I grew up and I was always like anti-player movement, like, oh, you should stay on one team forever, blah, blah, blah. And now I think I'm just, I root for players and I root for certain guys mm-hmm. because you know, they're good people and they're just, yeah. they're just trying to hoop, you know? And yeah. um, so I, I, I totally agree with that. Well, uh, Megan, before I get you out of here, um, what's, what's going on in your life that's exciting or what's uh, something coming up that you want people to know about? So I do have a YouTube show that you mentioned. It's called The Megan Gailey Bubble Machine. This upcoming week is going to be my last episode just for a bit now that mm-hmm. the NBA bubble is officially closed. But I think I'll come back closer to the Super Bowl. And then my husband and I host a podcast for iHeart called The Greatest. Um, we've had Reggie on. Derek Fisher has been on. Um, Adam Lefko, who is like the anchor of the Tuesday night TNT NBA has been on. So it's really fun. We rank different um, sports topics. And I think that's it. I mean, some I do some like comedy shows online, Twitch shows, um, streaming things. But yeah, if you follow me, you will find all the updates you need. Probably more updates in like my personal life that you don't need. But 
you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Figure it out one day at a time still. I'm only 23, but yeah, you, you win some and you lose some. Well, that's amazing. Find your way. 23, you're, you are on the beginning of your journey. So that's Oh, so I know. Exciting. I have a, I have a lot so to do. Exciting. Still, so. Yeah. I've, I have to graduate college still. So we got like, got tons of stuff going on. So it's fantastic. Well, I wish I, uh, you the best of luck. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining. And uh, to everyone listening, obviously, please be sure to go rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe anywhere else you can get your podcasts. And of course, read us at Indie Cornrows and definitely go follow everything Megan's doing. Check out her stand up and, and go give her a listen. And she's awesome. Definitely go read all of her stuff. I mean, not read. You know what I mean? Watch. I've got listen, some stuff. Think, you can read some. Oh, things. there's okay. There's readable <laughs> stuff too. All right. I didn't even, that's on me. I should have known that, but, um, and you know, just most importantly, have a great day and go Pacers.